Hello and welcome to Plotris. Hi, this is Meg. This is Lane. And as usual, we're going to be talking about a romance novel. Today it is one of my favorites. This was my choice. Mistress by Amanda Quick. We're going back in time for this one. This was published in 1994. So Meg recommended this one to me actually pretty late um, in our romance mm -hmm. reading. I think most of what we've read together has been published a little bit later. Yes. So um, Meg just describes this one as very 90s. Yeah, it's very 90s. So Amanda Quick was, I mean, she still is publishing. So she's still publishing. She's had a huge career in the romance genre since like the mid 80s up until now. Um, in the 90s, she published a whole spate of historical romances with like one word titles. So we have Affair, Mistress, Rendezvous, Dangerous. Um, There's yeah. one other that started with an R that you told me about, and I was like, that one sounds amazing. Ravished. Ravished. I, I need to read Ravished. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, the, none of them are in a series. So they're set basically in the same world, but there, there really is no overlap between the books, which is, I really like. Um, <clears throat> so she wrote, like I said, um, and it looks like they're, they're connected because there'll be three with this, that start with the same um, letter. Okay. So like Mistress, Mystique, and Mischief. So those were like three that were published, but they don't have anything to do with each other. Okay. Um, which is perfectly fine. So they're complete standalones. You can really read any of them. It's a spunky heroine, very alpha male, you know, hero. It, the woman is always like very intelligent and funny, but also innocent. And you said that's pretty prototypical of romance oh, novels of the 90s. Very typical, okay. yeah. I mean, before that you had like the, the true bodice ripper. So the true like, I am an innocent, and they, they get raped and then like end up falling in love with the the rapist hard pass you know? right which is which i'm not into this has i don't want to say it has elements of that because it, it doesn't not there's nothing rapey in this book between the between, hero and the heroine right between the hero and the heroine i will say that the heroine has to she's very virginal very innocent um intelligent but but not like street smart so these are not like Prostitutes. These are not women who grew up on the street, you know. Well, but and I think you're right that even when they're intelligent and clever, they also have to be innocent, mm -hmm. wide-eyed. There's one part in particular which we'll get yeah. into, which just defied belief. Like very for naive. Me. Um, I'll say in general, the, her books, the, these ones that are published in, in this time period, what they have in common is, so not only is the hero sort of this alpha male and the heroine is this intelligent, spunky, you know, naive person, the heroine has expectations for the hero that he has to live up to. So mm -hmm. he somehow manages to, maybe he's not actually what the heroine thinks he is, but by the end of the book, he, he is. Right? Does that, is what I'm saying It makes sense, sense to me having read Mistress. Yeah. I think it's, for somebody who hasn't read it, the, the woman in this scenario has a ton of expectations about him, mm -hmm. having never met him. She mm -hmm. feels, for reasons of plot, she has like studied him and researched him and, and has this very I idealized vision of him. Yeah. And while he is, in some ways, a disappointment to her, yeah. when they actually do encounter each other, by the end, he is very much the man of her dreams. Yes, yeah, and, and part of it is that he, he does change himself a little bit, like not, 
not in a, I'm going to change this man, like I see mm -hmm. these things are bad about him, I want him to change, but more he realizes things through the relationship. Well, and I think the Earl of Masters, the male yes. uh, hero in this novel, is um, obstinate, mm -hmm. I think. And, and so it's not that she's making him change who he is, it's that he's not challenged very often yeah. or asked to question his perspective. And yeah. inherently by making him think about why he has the opinions he does, yeah. he changes some of them, not because he's changing for her, but because no one's ever questioned him before. Yeah. And anyway, I don't want to go into like too much detail about other novels. Um, I will say this is pretty prototypical uh, of of the genre and of this author. Well, and this conversation is helpful for me because I haven't read a lot of romance novels from this era, mm -hmm. so it's it's nice knowing kind of where it gets placed yeah. and what what's um, predictable given when it was published yeah. versus what's you know yeah. specific to this book. So um, the book jacket description <laughs> is after a year of grand adventures touring the classical ruins of Italy and Greece, Iphigenia. I think it's just Iphigenia, yeah. Iphigenia, okay. I, in my head I pronounce Iphigna, which <laughs> makes no sense. <laughs> Iphigenia Bright returned to England to discover that the real excellent excitement was at home. It seems that her aunt Zoe had fallen victim to a sinister blackmailer and only Iphigenia can hope to stop the culprit before he can do more harm. Her plan is inspired. Imitating history's most legendary beauties, Cleopatra, Helen of Troy, Aphrodite, the former schoolmistress will remake herself and descend upon London society as the dazzling mistress of Marcus Valerius Cloud, the infamous Earl of Masters. Rumors hint that the Earl has disappeared at the blackmailer's hands, and by posing as his unknown mistress, Aphigna is convinced she can ferret out the villain. Overnight, Aphigna is transformed into a vision with a host of eager admirers, including one she does not expect, the Earls of Masters himself, who strides into a shimmering ballroom one evening to coolly reclaim his mistress. He is everything they say he is. Arrogant, attractive, devastatingly seductive. And Aphigna can't help but be enthralled. But when Marcus agrees to play along with her charade, she doesn't know that the determined Earl has plans of his own to tease and tempt her until the beautiful deceiver becomes more than his mistress in name only. Interesting summary. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I mean, it's not totally inaccurate. No, but the emphasis on the plan. Uh -huh. So the novel, like all of this is already in motion. This description makes it sound like the first couple chapters of the book are like her running around society and like developing this yeah. plan where she's like fully in the thick of it. Yeah, she's on page one. Yeah, by the time it starts, she's she's already been in this this false role for you know what, like a couple of weeks, couple three of weeks, weeks, three or four yeah. weeks. So basically, she arrives on the scene. She tells everyone that she and and Marcus um, had a fight, and she's basically looking for a new protector. So yeah. that's she's in the, in society saying, yeah, we broke up, whatever. And this is like shocking because. He's, you know, enigmatic. He, okay, he has a lot of rules for himself. They're pretty stupid rules, but he's very strict. And like one of his rules is like, you know, I've never fallen in love. Of course. <laughs> um, so, you know, the fact that she has made it known that she broke up with him, um, the fact that well, he's just in general a very discreet person. Yeah. And so the fact that this piece of his private life is out for display in the ton. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a part of it. It's inherently scandalous. <clears throat> but of course it's... I, I, okay, I also want to mention that you don't go to Amanda Quick for historical accuracy. So, like, 
I don't think that being someone's mistress really is all that scandalous at the time. Especially like, for a widow. Yeah, and they really act like it's it's this different role that you play for yourself. And whereas I think that it it you it used to be more just like, yes, I have a relationship with this person. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Not I am a mistress. You know what I mean? Yeah, the other thing about this that just struck me, the summary, is the she's not inspired by history's beauties. No. I, I think it's just a weird emphasis on her plan. Yeah, not sure why they, they put that in there. But, you know, they did. All right, so the random number we generated for this week's description is 28. Meg, what is your 28-word description of this novel? So I said, Iphigenia masquerades as an Earl's mistress to uncover a blackmail scheme, thinking they will never meet. He comes back from the dead to help her solve the mystery. All right. Accurate. There you go. I, th I think it sounds more interesting than what we just read, but... Agreed. Know. All right. So mine is an uneducated but enterprising inventor, farmer, astronomer is captivated by a bohemian archaeologist architect masquerading as his mistress. Society scandals and blackmail require close proximity. There are rules. Yes. There, there are rules. There are Indeed. so many rules. Um... Okay, so so just in general, how did you like it? So this this again, this is one of my favorites. I it's like a comfort read almost. You know, like if I'm feeling down, if I've had a rough week, I'll be like, ah, eh, you know, I could just read Mistress. Like it to me, it is like the quintessential like romance novel. Mm -hmm. It has like all the tropes that you want. You know. The, the nobleman, the, the virgin lady, there's a little bit of mystery in there. There's some subplots that we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about. There are so many subplots. <laughs> Quite a few subplots. Um, and it's just really funny. Like I, I still will laugh out loud sometimes reading the book. I will say I think I have reached mistress saturation because I read it twice in the past year for one time for this podcast and one time because Lane was reading it the first time and I was like, oh, I'll, I'll read it again. So I think that I won't read it for a, a long while, but um, I, I do really, really like this book. I enjoyed it. So I think that we've reviewed a lot of our favorites or ones we've liked particularly mm -hmm. early on in this podcast, and it fits the mold of the others we've reviewed in that it's very fun. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very lighthearted. Even the conflict between the two main characters, when it gets serious, it's still hilarious. Yeah. Like, it starts out with blackmail, and then the mystery sort of escalates, and they find a dead body. And even through all of the drama, what could have become a very dark novel never really does. Yeah. It's all played for laughs, culminating in a um, scene at Dr. Hardstaff's Museum yeah. of the Goddess of Manly Vigor. Yeah, indeed, there are two scenes in Dr. Hardstaff's Museum. One, one which is like completely played for laughs, which is hilarious. Yes. And the other one is on their honeymoon. So on their wedding night, they decide to break back into the museum. So the stakes just, it's, it's very lighthearted yeah. even when the subject matter gets really like dramatic. But I, um, I don't love her writing of characters. Mm -hmm. I think she does a great job with the setting. And mm -hmm. Meg talks a lot about how it's, it's sort of sitcom situations. Yeah. And it's great and they're hilarious and I laugh out loud reading it too. But the dialogue to me reads is a little bit stilted. Oh, for sure. It's yeah. a little bit like we are stating the facts. Um, and 
combine that with just what a naive, wide-eyed innocent this 27-year-old governess archaeologist genius investor is supposed to be. And I think I rolled my eyes at her in particular a lot more than I needed to. Yeah. These characters are also everything. And I kind of alluded to that in my quick description, but like Masters is literally a financial genius, a farmer, an inventor. He's working on automatons. He's working on special pens. He's, you know, an astronomer. The reason mm -hmm. that he's able to be away at his country estate and the blackmailer is able to imply he's dead is because he's going to study the stars. Yeah. It's, you know, there's a little bit of the Mr. How many different kinds of a DJ model <laughs> Earl entrepreneur can you be? And so, like, I don't mean to be that critical of it because I ultimately have a really good time reading it. Yeah. And it, the main characters don't offend me in any way, but I do think the dialogue's a little less smooth than I've come to appreciate in some more modern ones. Yeah. Well, and I, I think it's a great place to start if you're if you're looking at like do you do will I like romance novels sure I feel like it's a great place to start because it's got it's got everything that a good romance novel has you know what I mean I can see that so when I say it's quintessential am I saying it's the best romance novel I've ever read no but it to me it is like the model of a good romance novel and I can see that I think the one thing just to get it off the bat her cousin mm. is a rape victim yes and the um, scandal surrounding her rape is a part of the plot. Yes. Um, like what she went through, but also the individual who did this to her shows up at points in the book. And it was more distracting for me the second time around. Mm -hmm. I think the first time around, I was so interested in like the mystery and the relationship between Masters and M Mrs. Bright <laughs> that I um, was sort of willing to look past it. And it was a little bit more glaring to me in this yeah. one. So this the second read through. So if you are somebody who doesn't want to read about like rape stories at all, the minor plot in this is a rape story. Yeah, and it's there's nothing, it's not graphic. And it happened in the past. It, it doesn't happen past. during the course of the novel. It's a little bit about her, you know, she's still dealing with the effects, mm -hmm. which I think is, uh, you know, I don't want to say like, authentic but I don't think it is it's not treated lightly yeah. or insincerely right but it is still a driving force of a b-plot yes yeah um so it so so yeah I think they're they're really just the romance tropes are are legion well and we've m named a couple of them off the top of my head if there is a male friend of the main female character yes. He is either going to be secretly in love with her and letting her go to do what's best for her, mm -hmm. or evil. Yeah. But if the male lead has a female friend, he is virtuous, it is saintly, she is practically his sister. Yeah, well, she is his sister because, you know, although people think, but the, but people think it's the opposite. Right. Like the male friend, people are like, okay, whatever. But then the female friend, everyone's like, oh, they have a liaison. It's just, it's hilarious to me that, like, if you're looking for side characters that have full relationships fleshed out with the main character and exist more than just as crutches within the plot, this does not have that. No. no. All the side characters, even when they're funny, and a lot of yeah. them are hilarious, are all plot devices to a oh, degree. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Every, uh, yeah, all of them. Um, any literary devices, any words she uses. You okay. pick up on these. So she she does this thing. Okay, and I... I have... Anyway, she does this thing where she says something is very something. And I know this sounds really like, okay, who cares? She says very. But it's like, she'll say, she's very still. 
or it was a very private fantasy. Mm -hmm. I don't know. She just puts very in where you, you don't need it. Okay. Um, and, and she uses she does it all the time. Mm -hmm. I, I identify I, as I was reading it. There were at least two times in the first like, couple of chapters where oh wow. it was there. Um, and that's through. Okay, so another thing that I forgot to mention about Amanda Quick is that she actually has three pen names. Actually, I'm sorry, four pen names, but three that she's using right now. So Amanda Quick, uh, which is her uh, historical romances. There's Jane Anne Krentz, which are her contemporary novels, and then there's Jane Castle, which is which are her paranormal novels. Okay. So she's she's got right now three active ones, and it's, it's very interesting to read them because she, I think she does do a good job of changing a little bit like the dialogue and the word choice between like contemporary and historical, but. There are some things that are still there. So, like, the very thing is still there across the three genres. So, anyway. Interesting. And that's it. Um, the other thing, with her historicals, you you know that her characters are going to kiss by chapter three. So, like, chapter three is when they're going to kiss. Well, and that appeals to both of us, right? Mm -hmm. Because you don't have that, like, artificial keeping the main characters apart as part of the conflict. Yeah. If they're, you know they're hooking up by chapter three, they're yeah. clearly together. Yeah, it's just, it's just funny. I, I just, I really like it because I'm always like, how is she going to do this? So in this book, actually, the kiss happens in the final sentence of chapter two. Mm -hmm. And then, like, make out sesh in, in chapter three. But sometimes it won't be until, like, the very end of chapter three and then the make out sesh in chapter four. But anyway, it, it's always by chapter three, there's going to be a kiss. Okay. Um, which... Is I, I, it moves I enjoy the plot it. along. It moves the plot along, and I really like it because I read it, and I'm like, hmm, how is she going to do it this time, you know? <laughs> well, and it's, it's a good thing that her characters get together so early because if Mistress is any indication, she really does pack this full of side plot. Yeah. Like, it. not only is there the B-plot with the cousins, mm -hmm. you know, rape in her yeah. past and there's coming to the, that. There also... There's his brother. There's his brother's side plot. There's their business venture. Oh, yeah. There's his best friend's scandal. Yes. There's her aunt's her scandal. Aunt, yeah. There's her cousin's marriage. Yes. There's well, her sister's marriage, but yeah. Oh, and the no, cousin's, and the yeah, cousin's yeah, yeah. marriage. Yeah, no, it's, they're, they're and both there's there, yeah. her history. Yeah. Um, there's her past as the school mom. Oh, it was his past, too. There's, I mean, there's... The, his secret marriage. Well, not secret, but his... But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's just a, there's a lot there's a lot of there. moving parts and it's not that it's done poorly but like it's a good thing they're hooking up early because yeah. if they were trying to cram the plot yeah. and that to the end it would take way too yeah. long. Um, so sexiness we we talked about this a little bit because we say they they hook up they start they start a physical relationship uh, by chapter three mm -hmm. um, they do some other stuff and then they eventually consummate the relationship about halfway through yeah. And then there's only like one more sex scene after that, but of course it's in a carriage, which gets the thumbs up for me and Lane. Yes, always. Um, I will say one of the things. So this is sexiness slash. Maybe well, a, you're forgetting though. There's also the scene in the statuary. Oh yeah, no, I. It is sort of a sex scene that yeah, we yeah. just glossed over. So there's like there's a sex scene before the consummation. Yes, mm -hmm. but post the first kiss. Post first kiss. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hopefully, post first kiss. You know. Well, yeah, right. Um, one thing I'll mention, and I think this has to do a little bit with the, the era that this was written, mm -hmm. is that she, for example, in their first real, like, hookup, she thinks to her, like, he's like, it's, it, it's, 
is everything okay? Like, he asks for her consent. Mm -hmm. And she says yes, but she thinks to herself, I don't want him to stop. I just wish he would go slower. And I remember thinking, just say it. Like, just say that to him. I think this is, like, the air that it was written, so it's a little bit bodice rippery in in that sense. Yeah, he assumes, because he believes her to be a a seasoned mistress, that she's very prepared and able to articulate her desires. Like, Mm -hmm. he gets her consent, Mm -hmm. but he thinks she's a more active participant or at least better able to articulate Mm -hmm. if she's not happy than she is. Yeah. And this is one of the eye-rolly things for me in this book. Some of the sex scenes are really hot and Mm -hmm. the carriage one, like, two thumbs up. You can't see me, but I'm making the physical gesture of two thumbs up. But she talks a lot about how her knowledge of sex prior to him has come from statues. Yeah. (laughs) And it's to the point that she's like, after they hook up for the first time and things don't necessarily go as planned due to the fact that she is not a seasoned mistress, she's talking about like, well, I thought I was prepared because I'd seen all the statues. And it's like, it makes me roll my eyes when heroines and romance novels talk about how they've seen animals do it and they've read the books and that's why they have all this understanding. Yeah. But like, you're telling me that this 27-year-old schoolmistress, world traveler, like antiquarian, her only exposure <laughs> to penises historically is statues. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me. It's definitely played for laughs. It is, but it's played for laughs even I don't like it's that, and that's where I get with this one. It's fun and it's funny, but I wish the characters were a little bit more. I guess the straight men in the farce. Yeah, does that make sense? Which like is that's my own taste. I'm not saying the book is bad. I'm just saying like I had a really good time reading this, but it's hard for me to talk about loving it because what drives the ones I really love for Mm -hmm. me is the characters and the characterization and the fact that she is afterward being like, I blame myself that this didn't go great because I didn't know you were bigger than a statue. (laughs) And it's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. But it's it's also because she's trying to like reassure him because she's inadvertently, not well, she did it on purpose, but he has inadvertently broken one of his rules, which is that he doesn't get involved with virgins. Right? And so she... We're both rolling our eyes real hard. So she thinks that he's all upset because he's he's broken this rule mm-hmm. and she's trying to like reassure him that it was really all her fault yes you know like it was it was all her fault she seduced him she seduced him which i mean she, she, i i don't want to say she seduced it him was but very she, mutual. it was very mutual it was very mutual yeah exactly so like like yes he had a part in it but she was she was playing an active role mm-hmm. um which i do appreciate mm-hmm. you know um, I want to talk about your favorite thing in the book because I do also think it's the sexiest okay. part of the book. Oh, okay. No, it's what you were saying yesterday that she's... The, the book building up to the first time they hook up can be a little slow. Yeah. But once they do, he realizes he's left with a virgin and therefore he oh, must marry they her. They have to get married. And she is not here for it. Yeah. And like even though they're compatible, even though... And I like I want you to talk a little bit about the part about the power dynamic. Yeah. Because that is, I think, what drives the sexiness of this novel. Yes. That's, I do, I do, re- that's one of the things I really like about this book because there are so many novels, there are many, many romance novels out there where um, the heroine will not marry the hero until he says, I love you. Mm-hmm. But I do not find this plausible in many, many occasions because they're super poor, 
because they they have been ruined in the eyes of society like you know you have to make a logical decision at some point and say you know what like I think probably I should marry this person like mm. we just there there's another book that we've talked about um, the Duchess deal where she literally is like yes chapter I will, one it chapter makes one sense to marry you yeah I will marry you because I will become a duchess mm -hmm. you know and in this book she doesn't need to like literally she is super independent mm -hmm. both financially and personally mm -hmm. she's rich she says to him she says I have one question for you if you depending on how you answer this question I will marry you or not and the question is if nothing had changed so if I were exactly who I said I was in other words if I were a, a widow mistress. mistress yeah not a virgin would you still be asking me to marry you and of course he can't he can't say yes you know and she's like well then I'm not gonna marry you like mm -hmm. I will be happy to continue this liaison with you we're gonna continue to hook up I will be your mistress I will not just play the role in society it's not in name only anymore she's like, but I'm not gonna marry you until I can decide, until I figure out that you actually want to marry me. Right. And not just feel some, like, sad sense of obligation. Yeah. Slash want to get your dick wet. Exactly. So I, I, I really like that part because there is a real reason why she doesn't want to marry him. It's not just a, oh, he doesn't say he loves And me. she really doesn't stand to gain much. No. From I, marrying him. And she not. expresses that. She says, you know, for a financially independent woman, I don't really see what the benefits of marriage are outside mm -hmm. of a deep interpersonal connection. Yeah. And she's kind of right. Yeah. Especially in that era. Oh, so. especially back then. You know, like she right now she has control of her fortune. If she marries him and, and doesn't get a good marriage settlement, mm -hmm. all that money is his. Right. You know, she's published books. She is an architect. Um, all that becomes his. So it's all his at that point. And I think part of what makes that so sexy for me is when they do finally hook up and enjoy themselves, there is absolutely no power imbalance. Yep. Which I really appreciated. And it's what finally enabled me to like turn off the criticisms of this novel yeah. in my brain and be like, no, I'm just really into this because it is really sexy to see two people who fully understand the situations and do not need each other. Yeah just really want to be here in the moment yeah. getting at it in a carriage. Right. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> um, and then Lane mentioned this a little bit. I really like, so in the second half of the novel, there are at least two or three scenes that to me are like the best part of a sitcom. Mm -hmm. So, and when I say that, I mean like some wacky situation happens and they like walk into it and some characters know some things and some characters know other things and then some other wacky thing comes in, another character walks in and you know like, you know when you're watching a, a not a reality TV show, like a sitcom and like 15 people all pack in the room and they're all like shouting at each other and saying different things. Like that happens and it's, really funny yeah it is. I think it's really well done um, it's great the the whole the first scene at dr. Hardstaff's museum is like comedy gold like it truly is really funny it is and just to we, we talked about this in a couple of previous episodes she's really not insecure at all no not at all which is played for laughs in this scene yeah. which is why it came to mind but it's right great. now so it's really great I if you like those like farcical elements in a book, this is A plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I I, do, I don't mind the first half. I think the way it bothered Lane. Um, so I I don't have any problems reading it, but it definitely picks up um, in the second half. Yes. Oh, sh definitely. Yeah. 
I think the first half, because there are so many like B plots and C plots and D plots mm -hmm. and minor characters, it's just so exposition heavy. Yeah. Like you start in the middle of the action, but yeah. everybody has these rich backstories. So you're left reading about it yeah. rather than watching it happen. I almost wonder if I'd like this novel more if it sort of started six months earlier. Yeah. If they act I got to see some of the action unfold sure. rather than reading about it all in past tense. Yeah. If that makes sense. I'm not big on exposition. Yeah. Go figure. Yeah. But um But yeah, super fun and yeah. hilarious. And especially once it gets rolling. Yeah. It's it's very enjoyable if in in the, the sex is sexy, but it's not like over the top either. No. So if you're not super into like sex scenes, this could be a good book for you too. Yeah, they're they're short. Yeah. They're intense. Yeah. But short. Yeah. I also have to laugh. They talk about contraception and then never use it. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, he talks about it and he's like, Oh, I forgot. I guess that means it does Twice. Have, does have a little bit of the you know, you're different than other girls. Because he would never forget with anyone with, else. With anyone else. But he'd never marry anyone else. Right. So. Yeah, so you know, like I I, I I understand intellectually the appeal of that and I also reject it. I do not like it. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, it does. <laughs> All right. So in terms of offensiveness, I've already said the only thing. Like, the sexual violence isn't intense, but it does. It's there, and yeah. I'm a little more aware of it than yeah. I usually want in my romance yeah. novels. And for me, I guess the, the offensiveness would be that that um, there is a little bit. I, I There are not consent issues, but I think that it could read that way because of they're not, the, she's the not setup, really articulate you know? right. when they're copulating. Yes. For lack of a better word. Like, yes. she's very caught up in things and just like, oh, Marcus, oh, Marcus, yeah, oh, yeah. Marcus. I, I feel like it's a little weird that he wasn't more aware. Yeah. Because it, it doesn't feel like she's an active participant in yeah. the way he is. I it, To me, it's this, this, this difference between no means no versus yes means yes. She yes. never says no, so he's like, okay, she's cool with it. Instead of the books that maybe you and I might like today we're like can I do this yes can I do this yes why don't you do this okay you know right like with her making suggestions even right. if she's not actively being asked at every five seconds yes yeah. what she's okay with if she was expressing an interest in something yeah. in particular which yeah. just never happens but but anyway so that that's really all we have for offensiveness in, in general I would say definitely recommend the book yeah, you got a strong female character, an interesting male character, and a, a really, I think, equal relationship, which yeah. is nice, especially for the era. Yeah, and then on top of that, some true, like, laugh-out-loud scenes. Excellent humor in yeah. this one, for sure. So, um, highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I, since it was my suggestion, it's one I keep going back to. Obviously, I recommend it. And I think this is definitely a good first romance novel. I would agree with that. Like, if sure. somebody reads this and utterly hates it, I probably wouldn't try another one yeah I think this is a good barometer yeah it's not necessarily gonna be everybody's favorite no I don't think you I don't think it has to be your favorite but I do think that if you absolutely hate like with all your heart mistress probably romance as a genre is not the one for you I would agree with that statement all right well thank you guys for listening yeah and if you are enjoying the podcast please rate review and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app and um, if you want to reach out to us with a book recommendation, you can do so on our Instagram. It's Plotris or by emailing plotris at gmail.com. We hope to hear from you. Thanks. Bye.